What's up, everybody? Long time no here, right? Kevin Wagstaff here. Um, I've been gone for a while. It's been about a month plus since I've published a, a pod, and I apologize for that. I have been recording them, though, so I've got five, six, seven in the hopper. Going to be putting those out over the next uh, week or two, so I apologize for the absence. Um, here We've been busy here at Spectora. We're hiring, um, we're growing, we're improving things, as always, um, and that takes me you know running the business at times so um this was a great interview with a, a team from inspect canada um lead inspector owner of the company great guys great energy all around and we go off on some tangents but there's really good nuggets in here um especially about the role of a home inspector versus home consultant how they view it how they provide their service to their clients and how they're really winning in the in the Canadian home inspection market and how they really want to take over um, all of it. So uh, great interview. We talk about content creation too and getting over kind of that uh, imposter syndrome. Really cool stuff and uh, really empowering stuff for anyone that wants to create more content, has trouble hitting record, um, and has trouble wrapping their head around providing more value for their clients, which I think we all want to do. So great episode um thank you all for continuing to listen and share the podcast you guys are great i'm getting more inbound interest from people that want to tell their story and have certain things they want to talk about send me what you want to talk about and what you think is interesting um it's got to be unique it's got to be fun um everyone has a unique and fun story i believe to tell so um tell me about it write in tell me exactly kind of where you're coming from what you want to talk about what you're passionate about because that's ultimately what people want to hear so um hope you enjoy and uh we'll talk to everybody soon thank you for reaching out david we've known each other a long time um uh, thanks for joining me today guys what you guys already know each other a little bit well, just a bit yeah oh, I, <laughs> I should have known i think i saw him in atlanta uh, yep. a couple of years ago We've yeah. never done this, Mike. So you haven't missed out on anything. We've never done the podcast. Okay. So you're yeah. you're at the same starting point there. Um, Mike, we've never officially met, right? No, we haven't. Um, I've been a longtime listener of uh, of your podcast uh, since I got into the field a few years ago. Um, I don't feel like I've reached out for anything. The software is pretty good, you know. Um, uh, yeah, so it's super, super awesome to meet you. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, let's just start off introducing you guys. You guys can kind of uh, introduce kind of where you're at with the business and how long you've been around and maybe even your background, and then we can dive into some fun stuff. Sure. Go for it, David. All right. Well, uh, I'm French-Canadian. I was uh, born in Quebec, and then in 1995, I moved to BC. Yes, 25 years later, I still have an accent. Um, <laughs> 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 I moved to BC, and, then, and you know, I mean, when you're from Quebec, um, or anywhere else in Canada and you move to BC, BC is, is like, it's like if you live in the US and you move to Hawaii, kind of, right. you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's so much more, you know, we have the ocean, um, you know, the, the mountains and, and also the multiculturalism here. I mean, everybody who moves to Canada, nobody wants to move to, you know, anybody from a different country moving to Canada doesn't want to move to Quebec because then you got to learn French. And, uh, and, and there's really not a whole lot of, you know, other cultures over there. It's mostly just French people from Quebec and they like their ways and things like this. But when you move to BC, then, you know, then you experience all kinds of food, all kinds of people, culture and everything else. It's hard to beat. Most people live, you know, when you talk to someone in BC, 
nobody's from here. Nobody, I mean, it's rare to find someone who was actually born here. It's all people who came on holiday a while back and never left. You know, you just all fall in love with it. Um, it's not quite Hawaii though, though the water is still frozen, even in the middle of summer. <laughs> uh, but, you know, unlike the rest of the countries, very light into, you know, not so many mosquitoes and all that. So it's a great place to live. Uh, it's, but it's a really difficult place to make it. Uh, a lot of people leaving. It's extremely, extremely, extremely expensive here. Uh, it's some of the areas that are the most expensive on the planet. It makes it extremely difficult, especially if you don't have any parents who got started here and bought some homes for 20 grand 30 years ago, and now they're worth 2.5 millions. Uh, if you don't have anything like this, extremely difficult. Uh, I was reading again, one mortgage broker we really like here. He decided to move to Alberta, got himself a house for about a quarter of the price of what you would pay here. Uh, and then a massive size as well. A lot of people are leaving, but my goal is to make it here. I want to make it here. I love it. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to live here. It's just a great place. And, um, and then, yeah, I decided to, uh, you know, as soon as I moved here, I had to go and learn English. I started ESL, English as a second language. Um, and that's where I met my wife uh, in those days as well. She was from Japan and uh, we've always and we've been together ever since. And then as soon as I got out of school, I started computer science. I was quite interested. I mean, I was right in the university when the internet came out. So in the late 90s, they were talking about the information highway and all that. And I got really excited about this. And, and the internet was not even in people's home. It was just really in universities at that time. So I was right there at the beginning, but I was a little too young for it. Those who did the, you know, the dot-com boom and all that, they were four or five years older than me. They were already programmers. They could see what was going on and they had already money and stuff like this. When I started, domain names were about 500 bucks to buy them. Now they're about eight bucks or so. So um, yeah, I started and then, and then I learned English and then I ended up, I got stuck on construction for about... Uh, 15 years something like this and always going from one trade to another because I would I always wanted to start businesses so I would start a business I would then I, I started let's say I'd be working as a glazer and then I'd be installing windows and shower enclosures and all that and then I would save my money and I start a little business I started a web design company I started this and that and all kinds of other stuff and and um, and then I would go through failures every time and I would end up back on construction and some other trades. And then I was in concrete forming for another while to rebuild myself. And then I was um, I was doing electrical for some times. And then I got stuck in the walls and ceilings, framings, drywall, insulation, vapor barrier, T-bar ceilings of all kinds, especially commercial for about 12 years on that. And that's when I decided to stop taking business so seriously. Then I was like, look, I'll just do it as a hobby because obviously I need money. I was always running out of money, always hitting down and then having to build myself up every time. And then, um, and then after being so long in construction, I hated it because construction was my area of failure. When I failed, I always ended up there. So every time I woke up to go on construction, it was a great reminder that I had massively failed again. Uh, so it was a place I didn't want to be. I wanted to do something else and I was looking into whatever. And, and uh, so I got the opportunity to work up north uh, for about a year in a camp job, doubled my salaries. It helped me to take the home inspection course. And then when I came back, I was so excited. I want to be a home inspector and everything. And then I realized that, you know, like any business out there, you need money to start. Uh, 
you know, it's, it doesn't start fast. It starts slowly. So I did have to go back on construction for a while. I got hired by a home inspector that didn't work out. And, um, and then I ended up on construction for another two years. So around roughly 2018, that's when I joined Spectora. I was just looking at think in June, I did my first inspection on Spectora then. And, um, and, then, and then it just grew from there on. So and this, this is where we're at now. And then, and, and then um, I made it on TV somehow. <laughs> and then Mike recognized me. I was parked on the side of the road one day. And he's like, are you David Aslan? I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna give me shit about something or whatever. So, you know, he, he probably saw me on the news. And um, and no, and then it started from there, just a fluke like that. And then we met Mike and Mike's been our number one guy ever since. Wow. Uh, team Beautiful. player, yeah, no, he's a- Beautiful. He's a, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, let's let's pause there and let Mike jump in. I, I appreciate you giving the full backstory. Uh, I just wanted an yeah. intro. I just That's wanted a, a few minute one. intro there. Wait, way to way to cut him off, Kevin. I, I wanted to be the one to tell that story about the, the chance <laughs> meeting, right? You know, like that's life, guys. Like when if there's an opportunity, you know, you have to seize it. And um, you know, I can kind of give a quick backstory in my life. I'm from the Toronto area on the other side of Canada. Um one of my first jobs was delivering newspapers. Um, I actually got hired with the Toronto Sun. I had a route of about 50 newspapers, but part of my job was I was, I used to go with our district manager and we would do door-to-door -door canvassing or sales to try to sell the newspaper. And this was when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Um, so I've been in sales for quite a while. My dad um, worked in the hotel and restaurant industry. So he hired me um, when I was, is 15, 16. So I've always been around people. Um, my last job before getting home inspection was as a special edge, as a special education teacher. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed doing that. I love working with kids, but I found I was sitting around a little bit too much. Mm. And I want a job where I could kind of get out moving around, meeting different people. Um, and, um, you know, home inspection kind of came, came along where I was looking online. My wife's like, you know what? You probably would be good at that. Why don't we take the course? So I went through the course, did all the schooling. Part of the course here is you need 75 hours of field training. Wow. Um, you know, and it was costly to get through that. I found I was doing it once or twice a month. I think it was like $300 a day um, that, that, uh, that inspectors were charging. And wow, they were charging just $300 a day. Yeah, for, um, and it, that was with the group. That was with another group. So you didn't even have really a lot of one-to-one -one time with that inspector. And I found that it was just taking me a little bit longer to get those hours, to get my license. And, you know, I was working at the school one day and there was a child, the child that I was uh, supporting, he was having a rough time. I'm like, you know what, let's get out of this class. Let's go for a little walk. And um, actually he ended up wanting to go home. So we were, we were walking down the street and David was parked on the side of the road. And I'm like, okay, I remember that, you know, remember that company. I've heard about them before. I, I told myself, if he's still parked there, by the time I drop this child off and I'm going back to the school, I'm going to chat with him. Sure enough, you know, he was still there, knocked on the window, rolled down his window. And within like a couple minutes of chatting with him, I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> he's got good energy. You can tell he's driven, you know, um, it was just, it was just awesome. And he actually, he approached me. He's like, you know what, if you want, come along with our guys, come on with my time is him and Will. 
And he said, he's like, you know what, just come on an inspection. And he actually ended up training me, allowing me to complete those hours. I got licensed and I started working for the company. What year was this? When this was, was I'd say 2019, just before, just before COVID. Okay. And what, David, what were you on TV for? You mentioned he had seen me on TV. What was, <laughs> tell, what's this about? Commercial or what? Yeah, no, no, no. It's our <laughs> haters. Haters throw us on TV. Yeah, no, it's because when I started, you know, you know, it's be it's always been clear that you can't be doing what everybody else is doing and expecting to take their business. You got you got a niche, you gotta be different, you gotta you gotta be, you know. So my niche was in the pre-listing inspection. I was working with sellers directly, and my goal by doing their seller inspection was to let them know ahead of time the issues that could become a problem if a buyer gets a home inspection. And also in most cases, it would, they would, the buyer would skip the home inspection and, and use our report, stuff like that. So the idea was to basically kill competition straight from the start, just to get to the client first. And so the local association that we were not part of and actually not in great terms with, um, they decided to call the news on us that we were working with sellers for the benefits of selling house. That blah blah blah. That you know that we Wait, were. The guys that's not even. Here. That's not even illegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah. Anyways, and they, they and just keep, they're, they're, they're still complaining to this day. They complain we, we, about our virtual inspections. The other yeah. Day. You know they complain about it. Can we try not to bash them? But sorry, David. I'll just jump in here. <laughs> Those were this. This was the same association that. Um, that told me that the only way to become licensed was to go through them, only use their trainers who would charge $300 for the day. Um, you know, and we didn't know any better, you know, and right. eventually hence meeting David and told me, you know, there is another way around it. And, you know, that's why now moving forward, we, we are, we offer training to these guys for a fraction of the cost that the association charges. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and what happened is that the, uh, the president of the real estate board, the local one here, was a friend of mine as well. Well, we became friends by doing business, but she was using our service, our pre-listing inspection services. And what happened, too, is that there was no rule at that time, and there's still quite no rule. It's, they kind of make things up as they go. But when we did an inspections for a seller... We would say, look, if the buyer wants some protection, because that's the problem with pre-listing inspection, there's no protections for the buyer after that if they find something. I said, look, I can go through the report with them. They just pay us 200 bucks. We'll go through the report with them, and then they'll be protected by our insurance if there's any kind of problem. So they threw that on the news saying that we were both working for the sellers and the buyers, and this was kind of kind of changing in the real estate industry where they were saying that you know agents shouldn't be working for both parties and they tried to throw us under the bus for doing this but in reality all we were doing is trying to protect the buyer because otherwise they either have to get their own home inspections but in most cases they wouldn't so they would end up with no protection so anyways that's the reason why we showed up on tv uh it was um and it was on global news. It was like a good one too. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so yeah. So anyway, it was it was a way to try to kill us straight from the start and also to make the, the real estate industry look bad and all that. So otherwise the news would have probably not picking up just yeah. for me because I was also working with the president at that time of the real estate board. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then hopefully we'll show up on the news anytime soon again. Uh, I was hoping our virtual inspection would get us on the news, but it did not just trigger the complaint. That's all it is. And, uh, <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> we, yeah, got other stuff. we got other stuff coming up. Uh, we'll find a way to get on the news. 
so let's let's talk about the growth of the company a little bit. I know you guys mentioned you want to talk a little bit about growing a business and what that means to you. So David, you mentioned starting in 17, right? 2017. Yeah, I think I got licensed in 2016, but I was I was running a construction company too at the same time. I, I wasn't really able to do anything until really 2018. And 2018 was like a slow start too, like yeah. very slow. Yeah. And um, but something I did, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of you know, looking around, see what others are doing, and then and then maybe see if we can potentially adapt a few of these things. I remember there was um, a house on the rock that was doing team inspection. I thought that was really cool. Uh, so what, what I did is I wasn't even busy at the beginning. I was only doing maybe eight, 10 inspections a month, and I hired uh, the first guy who became my partner, William. And so, but, so my, my, my thing was that it's, you get two guys for the price of one and half the price. No, sorry, in half the time. So that was kind of my- <laughs> Yeah, not half the price. Yeah. yeah. Not, not yeah exactly. Price. Yeah, geez, that makes it hard now, right? So two guys <laughs> in, in for the same price in half the time. So that, you know, we all understand that, you know, the reason why most home inspection companies stays a one-man show is because- it's too hard to move away from it. People want you. They want you. They still call for you. And you're like, hey, how about my other guy? I don't know him, blah, blah, blah. It's difficult. So then by doing team inspections, it allows you to introduce that person to all your people. And then eventually they know them all. So that's why we always, we don't do team inspections really as for, as of now because we don't have enough staff. But if we have a trainee, then or someone that's already licensed going through us for um, to become eventually an employee, then we we carry them around with us. We do team inspections and then we show up to inspector and we still promote it. We'll say, hey, it'll take half the time, same price, get two inspectors, two set of eyes on everything. And then basically, so I would always constantly pass my network. So I, I pass my network to Mike to keep him busy. I pass my network first to Will. I pass another network to Mike. Then I build up another network. I pass it to the next guy and, and yada, yada. So, um, and then, you know, it, it, growing a business, it's all about meeting people and naturally just by doing a good job. If you show up on time, you do a good job. The clients are happy and you're professional and all that. It will grow. But if you want some faster growth, then you got to do your marketing and all that. And, and there's nothing that beats anything than presentations. They're king. Presentations are king because it's almost nothing. And um, it, it, they're great. So are you the main one that does presentations? Still? Yeah. So as of now, right now, Mike is jumping a little bit more on board. He's been booking cool. presentations, stuff like this. And we're doing presentation together. Eventually, he's the education manager. So he'll be taking care of all that eventually. Um, but we will also be doing a little bit like um, Chris Murphy is doing, I think, weekly uh, Zoom presentations and stuff like that. Anybody can join as opposed to trying to book it with offices, uh, especially, I mean, right now it's, it's calming down because COVID is a little bit better. They're starting to do in-office meeting. Zoom was okay. Uh, often more present, more participant, but more people that are looking on their phone as well. Uh, so but yeah, no, we're, we're back on doing a lot of uh, presentations now, getting our face out there. And um, and yeah, and now, you know, and the, the more it grows, the easier it is because, you know, the more 
you know, at one point, as I'm not, I'm not too sure, but at one point we were the largest home inspection company in the province. So that would be a nice intro to say, hey, by the way, we'd love to do a presentation in your office with the largest home inspection company. Now we're the highest rated company on Google in the province. So then that, now we can use that. So we can say, hey, we're not only the largest, the highest rated as well, no one star reviews. Um, so, you know, so anyway, it's all about meeting people and growing. And the goal is, I mean, we didn't, we didn't call ourselves uh, Inspect Vancouver. We, you know, it's Inspect Canada. The goal is to go across the country as quickly as possible. And, um, and then also we have other services that we offer. We started offering mold and, and all these kind of things. So the home inspection can try to feed some of our other services that we're also offering. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, growth was great during COVID because I mean, it really did boost the, mar the market really greatly. Uh, the big awesome. problem was the it big was problem, awesome, Dave. Yeah, uh, the big problem was just you know just training, training more people. And when you train and you train and you're looking for people, you know it's just, anyway. At one point, your team, you know, you just gotta tie it up your team and make sure everything is working great. Uh, but um, but yeah, right now we did go through a massive depression between November and April, that. Um, you know, that really made it tough for everybody. Everybody was broke for like four or five months. And, uh, but now it's picking up We're we're doing a lot. Of, now I'm back on the tools. I try not to inspect so much to keep the, the team busy and all that, because the more I inspect too, then the more it's a reminder for them to say, Hey, I want David next time. I want David. And yeah. so, you know, I can't, I can't be inspecting too much. Otherwise it's too hard to move away from it. I used to get that so much when I started, like I would have people get up, like, be angry and upset. Well, I thought David was going to be here. And he's gone on the phone trying to call David or call the office to freak out. I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm here. David trained me. You know, I had lots of hours. I've been on lots of discussions with him. You know, I'm just kind of calm. That's the one thing that, you know, when I, when David brought me along to train with, I didn't have any experience. It was all like group training at someone's house, you know, or they would rent a house to use. And when I actually got in the field doing live inspections, I'm like, okay, there's lots of like customer service, relationship building, you know, stuff that I have experience in. And I'm just, you're always distinct. It's like a show. You're always selling, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is a great example to show that, you know, there's always the argument out there that a home inspector should have construction experience many years or whatever. And, yeah. and Mike is a great example. What you need are people person is someone who can communicate well, inspecting is the easiest part of the whole job and that's the only thing they teach you in school everything else how to do report how to talk to clients and how to follow up and all that there's nothing like this in the education that's the massive lack right there and that's why there's a lot of bunch of home inspectors out there that all they're saying is like i'm just there to tell you what's wrong <laughs> deal with it right no no us, no <laughs> no but for us, yeah i know but for us we we want to be known our marketing is all around that we're a solution oriented home inspection company so we don't only tell them what's not working we tell them how much it will roughly cost them to fix it who can fix it for them and we also have videos on youtube to show them on how they can fix it themselves so it's we're highly solution oriented if there's 50 items in the report i don't want to leave this guy with 50 problems i want him to have 50 solutions he comes out of there he knows roughly how much it's going to cost he does you know because if you tell a guy hey your toilet's loose and then you start pointing out at something else now he's like, oh man, is there mold there? Like, how much is that going to cost me? Is it leaking downstairs and all that, right? So you gotta you gotta be able to be solution oriented and offer 
you know, offer them solution. Otherwise they get stuck on it. And, um, and yeah, so, so that's kind of how we, uh, we went at it. Sorry, Mike, I, love, I cut you. I love this ahead. mindset though. I, w- I want to pull on this thread for a second. So do you give them a list of like recommended contractors that you vetted? Like, how does that solutions help? And I want to point this out as a very important thing in the industry right now, because I personally believe too many inspectors are like, oh, I just inspect the house. That's all I do. And customers yeah. want more. Oh, Home well, they want, want, they want consultants, right? They're yes. hiring as consultants. They're not, you know, they're not looking for just a guy who, who thinks he knows all the deficiencies. It's, it's a consultation. Yes. For us, yes. what we like to say to the agents when we talk to them is we're, we're not doing home. We, what we offer here is an experience, not just a home inspection. Like there's a lot of places that will, that will, that will inspect, for example, a condo, for example. There's a lot of condos that uh, all the stuff that you come up with will cost less than the cost of the inspection. And you're like, eh. what I, I don't want them to think at the end and say, well, I guess we didn't really need that home inspection. I want them to say, man, did we ever learn a whole lot here? That was a bargain. And, uh, because yeah. it's not, you know, it's, it's not all about saying, oh, your outlet's not GFI protecting the kitchen about telling them when it came into code it wasn't code at that time so it's not it's really just a recommendation it should be 1.5 meter away from any water source an outlet like this about 15 bucks and blah blah blah. and then you know you just offered a whole package right so now they've learned something why do we have gfi outlets why it's important and and roughly how much it costs to either get it replaced so there is no problem after that they're just they're just fully happy right because for us we've also sorry we've also been able we put videos in the software with underneath the comment showing how to replace these. David has made tons of videos, how to install a GFI, how to replace the wax seal. Yeah, those things, right? Otherwise, you know, they might not want to replace the wax seal on the loose 12 themselves, but at least they can see how easy it is. and, And, you know, that it's not, you know, anything that will create problems, you know? So it's all about doing these little extra things and making sure that the client's fully taken care of. And we, we go ahead. Sorry. How did you get the confidence to start making videos? Because I preached, I tell every inspector on every one of my webinars to do this and none of them do it. Barely any of them do uh, it. I Where know, did you I get the confidence that, to do this? When I, when I started, there was, I don't remember his name right now, but it's a pillar to pose guy in the U S I used to take pictures with his clients and, and there was Rose Buckley who used to do that as well. And, um, and so I was like, oh, my God, plus I have a bit of an accent and I'm not the best. And, and as soon as you start recording yourself, then you really realize how, you, how ridiculous you sound and, uh, you know, and how you say things, right? Um, yeah, the, there's no doubt that the only solution around this is just to do it. Do you know, it. When, when, you, when you have the realization that nobody's going to co- come to you and say, hey, I made some video for you. Can you put that on your Instagram? That will help you. You know, when you realize that you're the main actor of your movie, that nobody's going to come to your rescue, then it's either, you know, it's, <laughs> if it's to be, it's up to me, right? So if you keep telling yourself that, then you just do it. And, and, and after a while, I think, you know, now I feel good about my videos. I think they're awesome. And for the longest time, I thought that, you know, and the thing too is I do, we, right now, not so much, but I used to do three, four videos per day on an inspection, whatever it is. You see a fan, you talk about this, these smoke detectors, they're yellow. This is why they're like this. And there's a window, here's some perforated soffit with a vent on it, anything, right? And it would be only one take, one take only. That has yeah, always been it. the rule. We're on one take only because there's people, there's people downstairs. I don't have the whole day to do this, right? So it's one take only. If it doesn't sound that great. And what I, what I realized pretty quickly is that, 
nobody laughs at you, even if you sound a little bit ridiculous once in a while, because everybody understands that it's not easy to do it. And they're probably not doing it themselves because right. they don't like how they sound. And they're like, shit, at least this guy's doing it, right? So no, it's just a matter of doing it. But there's a lot of tricks. For my videos, I always start them the same way and I finish them the same way. I say, hey, this is David of Inspect Canada. I'm on this home inspection here. Boom, now I jump to my problem. And at the end, if you'd like us to take a look for you, give us a call, 778, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you're only, you're only doing the middle part of that, right? Um, so yeah, no, it's just about doing it. And to tell your truth, there's no doubt in my mind that these videos is what has created us today. Uh, I had I would go to conference or I go go to real estate meetings and stuff like this, and people would come to me. Hey man, I watch all your videos; they're awesome. I learned wow. a lot of stuff. I'd be holy shit! This is beautiful. incredible. Beautiful. You know, this is incredible because you'll get like three, uh, 13 likes or something like this. Mm. It's even like this, two hundred people who watched it, and you don't quite know about it, right? So no, no, it's great. These videos are like, and the thing is like it's all free, you know, like it's all free. I know. You know, it's like Instagram. If Instagram says it's going to cost you five bucks every time you post, then you'd be like, okay, I'll try to make a nice video or something like this, right? But it's all free. You'd be yeah. completely crazy not to take advantage of that. And luckily, Mike is really good at it too. Yeah. So, well, so remember you know, the, first, the first few times, David, you know, we'd be inspecting it and David like, Oh my God, look, you know, look at the, the water coming out of that foundation in the crossway. He's like, let's make a video. And he'd take his camera to record me. And I'm like, oh, I kind of freeze up a little <laughs> bit. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just give me like a couple minutes here. I'm going to make my own video. And, you know, they sucked at first, but, you know, after a while, you know, with practice, you get good at it. And again, I'm like David, I start the same way. I'm reporting on what I see, what the implications of it are, and what to do to fix it. Similar to how we construct our comments in, in your wonderful songs. Yeah, and always ended the same way with the phone number or whatever. Yeah, our website. But so getting back to the videos, I when I first started, you know, being new, I was doing lots of condos and I would have millennials who would say, Hey, we asked for you just because we saw your video. Or are you or you're Mike? We watched all your videos on Instagram. And I'm like, perfect, wow. right? That's that's how I, was, I kind of built my pipeline. Um, Beautiful. And, so you guys use Instagram and YouTube, right? <clears throat> Or just well, YouTube Instagram. mostly for uh, to do-it-yourself kind of videos, educational videos and things like that. Uh, but, you know, we do Instagram, Facebook. We just started on TikTok a little bit there, but okay. didn't quite get to it yet. But there's quite a bit of attention there. So we'll probably attack on that end a little bit more. But, but no doubt Instagram itself is what has made the huge difference. Facebook, there's not a whole lot of activity there compared to Instagram. Applause for you guys, seriously, that it's an underutilized medium and way of communicating and for you to just lean into it, it, trust me, like my first couple podcasts sucked. It felt weird. I didn't like my face or how my voice sounded, but you guys just leaned into it. So everyone can take some advice from that of just, just start recording and, and start speaking. And yeah, every time you're like, wow, or, you know, I found a, I found like a yoga rat once I go in the attic and this rat it, when it got hit by the trap or something, anyway, what, there was no trap, but anyway, it fell off and it was all bent like this and fully dried up, right? I know I'm not supposed to touch him. I touch him anyways. <laughs> so I make a video with this thing, right? I had so many agents talking to me about this. Hey, you're the yoga rat. You're the yoga rat, man. And uh, that, so it's, if you can throw some funny stuff in there too, you know, like 
again, the other day I made a little video about rain screening, how it looks. I had two buildings, one that was not and one that was, and then show them the difference and stuff like this. It's a one minute video. It's not like I'm talking for 20 minutes here. Right. And uh, it's very quick information and that's why people watch it. And, um, and then, you know, and they just, they just go for it. So, so yeah, you guys, no doubt. You guys link to those, like, it, are you linking to an Instagram video from the report comments? No, the, the videos in the, in the, in the reports are the YouTube videos. Gotcha. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if let's say we have a loose uh, transition strip, for example, they'll say blah, blah, blah. And then if you like to see how to do it yourself, click here or whatever. So that, so that the common, they can, at least they can see how easy it is to repair it. Amazing. Um, Mike, let me go back to the education piece um, because you guys mentioned agent presentations being like, you know, it sounds like in your business, agent presentations, videos on social media are a big deal. Mike, how did you ease into that? And kind of what were your, what are some things you've learned along the way of like getting in front of agents? So a lot of it was, um, was kind of what going with David, you know, taking my notes, um, just getting, just getting that experience. Um, you know, I just still get the butterflies before going into offices. I mean, it's real. This is all relatively new to me because when things were busy during COVID, um, all I was doing was inspecting, just, you know, just getting good, learning, learning the trade, um, you know, trying to master it. But now that everything's kind of opened up, like, you know, I was in a, I was in a, Chilliwack, which is about an hour away yesterday doing the presentation. And when I finished, as I was driving to that office, I passed three realtor offices. I'm like, I'm going to go into each one on the way back. And I just walk in with business cards. Every now and then we have custom branded water. I'll bring a couple of bottles in, one to the gatekeeper at the front, one to the managing broker. And um, I just say, hey, you know, I'm Mike, we're, you know, we're, we've just expanded to this area. Wondering what are your thoughts on, on office presentations now that we've come out of COVID? And, you know, like most of them will be like, okay, give me, an, you know, send me an email with the information or some of them are like, okay, well, do you have a presentation? Yeah, here's my, my Surface Pro and I bring up, you know, the PowerPoint and it's just, you know, it's getting out of your comfort zone and doing the things that, you know, most people don't want to do. Yeah, right? yeah um, exactly. It's all about building the pipeline and, and, you know, just getting people to know you. Yeah, the things you don't want to do are the things that are holding you back from success, right? So it's like it's all about jumping in the uncomfort zone all the time. Cold calling too. I'll I'll do cold calling. I'll get, you know, like I'll meet the listing agent, um, strike up a conversation. Hey, you know, who's the managing broker in your office? Put that down on my phone. When I get home, I'm calling them or sending them an an email. Um, I have a script script that I've been constantly trying to master, um, you know, when I'm making these cold calls and, you know, it's just, it's really a numbers game. I heard somewhere along the way that, you know, to land a prospect or to, you know, to set up the appointment, you need to contact them, I think three to four times on average or uh, you get it. So it's just. Putting in the work. Imagine real estate agents, they get hit like from so many different, you know, other companies, right? So they're, they're hard. They're like, you know, they're they're hustlers. And I find that hustlers, you have to hustle to get their business. If you call Mm -hmm. them once, they'll be like, you know what? I have to, you know, they they always have to, you know, they do door knockings and all that. It's just so much work for them. If you, because it has to be clear, our primary target markets are the real estate agents. We don't promote to clients directly or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Our 100% target markets are the real estate agent. So everything that we do is designed for it. 
we, you know, we, we, we do a lot of presentation in their office. We, there's some offices that we install free peanuts machines with our branding on it. We have like all kinds of stuff going on. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, they know us because it makes me crazy. Like I, you know, sometimes I talk to, I go to an, an, an inspection and I'm like, Hey, my name is David. It's like, Oh, I've never heard of you guys. Where the hell do you guys live? We're yeah. like, we're like the highest rated company in the province. Where were you? Right. But no, there's, you know, there's 99% of them out there still hasn't heard about us. So we just got to make some more noise and make sure that they, uh, we show up on the news somehow. And what are the numbers, David? How many agents are there in the province? It's like there's 14, a lot. Of us. I think fourteen thousand in the lower mainland alone. Just in lower mainland, fourteen thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you guys view as the main goal when you do an agent presentation? Is you know because some want to educate, some want to talk about their own value as a company. Uh, What's the main I, goal when you? Guys the first thing that people realize when you you talk to real estate office, nobody wants a sales pitch. They want education because what we offer. Uh, we offer one hour presentation that actually gives them a credit at the board. It's a sell here. We, they have two different credits for their, for the licensing. There's the accredited and the self-accredited credit. We offer the self-accredited credit. So we also have a website called free, the, their credits are called PDP, personal development program, whatever. So we have freepdp.com. It's a, it's a website that has online education for real estate agent there. Uh, so yeah, so when we show to offices, um, it's all fully educational. When, and we have a, such a killer presentation now, like uh, it's, 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 it's working great. So we go there, we do this one presentation, then they're so, they're so happy that they want to book another one. Then we book something about pre-listing inspection or we book something about you know, anything else, drain inspections we do, mold inspections, stuff like that. And they wow. usually ask about the company, like the presentation I did yesterday, they were asking about the services that we, that we provide. Hey, do you guys, do you guys have thermal cameras? Yes. Do you charge for thermal cameras? No, it's included in the inspection cost. Yeah. What? Everyone else charges $200 for that, for that service. So I'm like, it's included like, right. I, I carry the thermal camera on me. Why not? You know, that's. How did you get the presentation approved for continuing education? Did you have to go through the licensing board? Like yeah, that's right. So basically, actually, the self-accredited uh, credits that they're getting, it could be almost anything as long as it is um, educational and it's one hour and that they also there's a record of it. So if it's over Zoom, they have to have their face on the camera. I have to record it. If I get audit, if they get audited, I have to prove they took the course. But for the free, the free one, like freepdp.com, that we had to have the format that was approved by the board. So the format was that you could not skip over the videos. You had to have a test at the end and uh, they had other things. So I built it up like this. And now basically anybody when they need, I don't remember if they need like 12 every two years or something like this, they can go there, take our classes, get their credit, submit it. And, uh, and that's it. So it make it very convenient for them. Education is king. You gotta, you gotta get into it. If you know, it's, it's, it's massively king. We do a lot of education during our presentation. Yesterday, I did this house on the two. I mean, it's not always like that. It was, it was a house on the two thousand square foot, and the presentation was about an hour and a half uh, because you know it's. It, it depends on the client. You know, they, some knows a lot, some don't know anything, because we we realize that everything we find on home inspection is just because it's a lack of maintenance. People just don't know how how to take care of these homes. So part of our presentation is to teach them. 
what you need to do with this, how often you need to do it. You know, we'll have HRV filters that they haven't been replaced in five years. This thing's rolling with mold. And, and nowadays the builders are throwing them in the attic. So you can't imagine nobody goes up there to replace oh. these filters. Yeah? So it's all about this education. That's very important. So there's no doubt that our presentation are much longer than most people. I would have to say that our inspections are a little faster than most out there because we're not just walking around looking you know, we have procedures, very set procedures. There's only one way to inspect and inspect Canada. And, and uh, so that it made us very efficient. And also it's a system that we can make more efficient with time. So if Mike comes up with a better way of doing it, then we just change it. So we just make it better and better. So that it allows us not to miss anything as well. And and just to be a little bit more efficient. But our presentation is definitely longer because if you look at our Instagram, we have thousands of uh, pictures of happy people. We take pictures with most of our clients at the end of the inspection because we want to make sure that they remember that at the end, no matter what was said during this whole presentation, that everybody was happy. And then, you know, it's all a smile there. And then, so, so in order for, for us to be able to pull these kind of, to say, hey, are you guys all right? So we take a picture. We, you know, if we tell them, hey, look, you got, this is leaking, this is not working, man. I don't know why you're buying this house. Can we grab a picture? They'll be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll be like, no, right? <laughs> so, you know, so by the end of this, we have to be all on the same page. We have to be all friends. And we have to have built a relationship there. So by the end of this presentation, everybody's busting to get this picture. Now we've been doing it for so long that the agents are waiting for it. They often, you know, get a haircut before they show up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so everybody, everybody knows. They looked at our Instagram. They see we take pictures, and, and the client says, "Shit, I thought you wouldn't. You forgot to ask." No, no, no. Let's grab that picture, and then we get a oh, picture. So sure. we want to make sure that when we're done with this presentation, that once they move in there, if they find something, and they will find something that they don't call their agents and complain and say, hey man, the guy you sent me, he didn't quite know. I want them to say, all right, let's call David right away. And then they call us, hey, I found something. Do you like mind checking it out? Of course, I'll be there tomorrow or something, right? So we wanna be able to have that relationship where uh, if there is a problem, and that's how we kept our, our reviews to five stars. It's not like we don't miss anything. We're just like everybody else out there. We do our best, but you know, once in a while, there's, things comes up. But uh, but part of our motto too is if we miss it, we'll fix it. So we either fix it or we pay to whatever or, yeah. So we always try to make it work. So we need to have that relationship built. There's a lot of inspectors. They didn't say, I'll send you the report tomorrow or whatever it is like this, right? No, we don't do anything like this. We do understand we're we're in the build in the business of building relationships, and um, and and those people, they're also become our referring mark uh, referral group as well to their friends and family, you know. Like, I mean, it's amazing. Like, there's a guy he just booked another inspection. I did an inspection for him in 2020. He remembers me two years later, and now he books another inspection. And you know, this this is. That's how it kind of grows, right? You just, it just, it just grows by just doing a proper job. But, but it's really to uh, to educate the client and make sure you build that relationship with them. The report also helps too. Um, you know, like people are like, okay, so you're gonna send me the report tomorrow. You have to go home work on your computer to send it, and I'm like, no, it's all right here. Give me about twenty minutes, half an hour. I'm just gonna proofread it. You know dot my i's and t's and i'll email it to you right away. i mean yeah you're, you're totally right about this i mean i've tried my i've tried a lot of software i start in here in canada most trainers that everybody uses horizon or a lot of them 
they're basically they go through the SOS. They're they're kind of set up with the association. So yeah. when you get your training, normally that's what they have. So you start with this, and now you're kind of starting. And so Horizon's not a bad program. It's a pretty decent one. It looks okay. Then I worked for another guy that had Tap Inspect. I didn't think it was that bad either. And then I went with Home Inspector Pro. I thought it was way too much. And then you needed a computer and stuff like this. And then I tried some other thing. And then and then I remember the the day as if it was yesterday when you made your announcement on, on internet that you said hey we have this software and i remember thinking man like and again i see it today and i'm still telling myself the same thing i said there's not a whole lot of customers for these people and they're already and and then home inspector pro had like the majority of them and home gauge and stuff like this i'm like how can they enter this market there's only a couple thousand clients you can deal with and uh, but then you know and and then you know international that you get the people that will attack right away as soon as you got something new they just that, like there's the group that go boom 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 right so it's tough as hell. I remember checking it out. You had a sample, and I'm like, man, this is an awesome looking report. And I'm sure you can find that comment somewhere. I I was one of the only guy who replied that this was a nice looking report, and people were like this looks like shit or whatever, and it's HTML. Right? Like <laughs> they, they I looked at the, I looked at that post a year or two ago, David, and I remember okay. you were one of the few uh, constructive, optimistic comments, and you gave me hope at that time because okay. oh, when we first okay. got in the industry it was like wow is everybody so negative and closed off to anything open oh yeah it's, it, it, innovative and uh no they're closed up this is a very tough not to crack this industry i it mean is. I, if i went the pre-listing right and i gave up so you know what <laughs> you guys just do your thing and i i see climate that's still working on it he's getting attacked every day i'm like man why are people still working on these guys it's a they're tough not to crack there's no doubt about it it's hard to be a vendor in this industry for sure yeah. uh, because when people like their stuff they like it a lot you know it's hard to you know but anyways I, but i was so amazed on how you guys took over this market i mean and, and now i'm thinking and i see again new names coming up and i'm like how are they gonna get in it you know it's like oh. and and you know and so um and the fact that we're able to i never wanted the thing is we're a high volume company there's there's there were weeks last year that i was doing 18 inspections like that's a shitloads of inspections and there's no, absolutely no way i could go home and finish three report i would never remember anything wow. yeah. i mean so i so all for us we cannot finish and we cannot start another inspections before that report's already submitted and everything so right. we make sure so that's why our training our guys is a little bit longer as well because we train guys for you know sometimes six months sometimes even more because we want to make sure that when they go on the field on their own that they can submit these reports right away so there, there's no going home and trying to work this out later and trying to remember if they had smoke detectors and things like this. You'll forget everything. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the fact that the software, I mean, there's other software that would also allow us to do something similar, but I already liked the look of Spectora and all that. And, um, and I thought it was fairly simple to use and, uh, and the booking and all of that. I was using MSN, ISN2 for a while and stuff. I just like everybody else, but, um, but ISN was just like Home Inspector Pro. There was so much to it that I would never use and, and all that. Um, no, I would have to well, say- Spectora is the best. We, we yeah, can all I say that, guys. Spectora is the best. No, I used happy. to Ryzen when, when I was in school. Um, you know, I did have other job offers from companies and you know, they were using Horizon. And you know, I mean, I like David. I like this company. That's what I chose. But 
You know, I think if, if I had two similar companies offering that I liked, one use Horizon, one use Spectora, go with the company that uses Spectora for sure. I appreciate that, Mike. Appreciate that. I mean, the <laughs> fact that, you know, we, we send those reports like, and then people always say, oh, you, you know, you don't think a phone is too small. No, it's not too small. Plus I get the bigger size, a little bit bigger, right? Phones are getting huge. Uh, yeah, phones are like it's, tablets. It's perfectly fine. I would never walk around with an iPad. I tried that for a little while. I bought an iPad mini. This thing is so massive. You try to take pictures with this thing out of the cabinet. It's just asking for problems. <laughs> now these phones, they're great. And sometimes I do even a little bit of a presentation on it and it doesn't look bad. I've never had any kind of complaint. I go through the summary. I just say, hey, just, just in case I forgot anything, let's just go through the summary real quick. I'll show them the picture, gloom, 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 gloom. Everybody's happy, boom. Now, I, now I'm able to tell them, look, I'll send you the report in about 10, 15 minutes. Normally, you know, I, I do all deficiencies and all that. And then I just infill descriptions maybe in the car after just to try to speed things up. But it never takes a whole lot longer than about 10, 15 minutes. And our inspection, and then some people will say, well, your inspection takes a lot longer. Not really. Uh, we do our regular inspections are about three hours for a home, about two hours for a townhome, about an hour and a half for a condo, including presentation. So it's all about being efficient and having a system that you can improve over time. And, um, and anyway, Spectora has made it possible for us to finish our report on site, have a quality report out there. And, um, and then, yeah, so we're, we're, we're in for a while. I'm sure agents aren't mad when you say, Hey, we'll get you the report in 30 minutes. They forget the at home piece. And so that's and to tell you the truth, like everything is so last minute here. Like often we do inspection that day and they have to put the offer that same day. Those are like, we were doing mostly pre offers, right? Now it's back to accepted offers and things like this, okay. but this is, I mean, there's no possible way. I mean, the thing though no. is keep in mind that our presentations, we go through the entire thing. So someone knows, knows everything that will be in the report from our presentation. But we still want to submit that report as quickly as possible. We just don't want to have to think about it. You know, I remember thinking, like, I talked with some old timer inspector that was training me at, at, uh, at the beginning. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got this report. I got to send that report. I did this inspection two days ago. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, what's going on, Ugh. right? <laughs> like, how brutal is this? And now yeah. and I see so many of these guys, even, even, even some of the, the old timers, they're still taking pictures with their cameras, right? They're going home and trying to figure this out for three, four hours. I mean, what kind of, how do you run a life like this, burning all your evenings? But what I really like about what we're doing is when I leave this inspection, I don't have to think about it ever. My work is done here. I'm done, you know. On to the next one. Yeah, that's it. I have sent my marketing material at the same time, my thank you note, asking for reviews, all that kind of stuff. It's already done. I don't need to. And and once in a while, they'll send me a message. Hey, I sent you a review, whatever. But that's all I want to hear. I don't want to, uh, you know, that's it. We're done here. And then we start the next one. So then when I get home, what, you know, often we get home late, but let's say I get home at five o'clock. I'm done with this. Now I'm back to business related matters and things like that. And, Beautiful. Dude, Adam, I do re, you know, we, we train our guys to reach out to the client um, and the listing agent to thank them for taking the time to open up the doors for us. And I have a little blurb in there, you know, like we understand that establishing trust takes time, but we'll be willing to earn that trust. Um, hopefully we can do business in the future. Reach out to us. Beautiful. Beautifully written. You, you hit on those emotional aspects, which mean a lot to, I think to everybody. And I we got have, that actually off one of your, one of your guests. I think awesome. he said the same thing too. I can't remember his name, but. Trust, yeah. trust, empathy, all these emotions matter to people. Um, 
We got about eight minutes left, but I want to get into team building because you guys mentioned that in the notes when we booked this of how do you think about team building? What does it mean to you? And what were you even referring to when you said, let's talk about team building? Well, you know, the thing is, like I kind of mentioned a little bit, a little bit earlier, when you're growing fast, you're hiring fast. And sometimes you realize that they may not be all right fit. You know, (laughs) it's like, but you need the manpower, right? So then, uh, you know, it's like, it's when you grow a construction crew, right? It's not like you're going to hire 10 guys and you'll have these 10 guys for the rest of your life. You hire 10, you keep one or two. You, and then you hire another 10, you keep another one, maybe if you're lucky. You hire another 10. Eventually, you know, you get a crew of about 10, but you went through 150 guys to do <laughs> right, that, right? Right. And right. It's, it's a little bit about the same thing. You know, there's this thing out there, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Uh, it's not quite what I want to say, but the thing is, you know, for not everybody that goes into the home inspection industry wants to work with a team. You know, like they might, you know, a lot of them, they get in the industry, it's all the same thinking. You, you would go to a home inspector school and you talk to everybody and you ask them a few questions, you will get the same answer. They're all thinking, I just want to do five, six inspections a week. Then they all think it's all house, 500 bucks each. I'll just pull $3,000 a week, be doing about 12,000 a month. I'm okay with that, right? So then when you hire them, you're like, well, look, I can, we can only really pay you 40%. And, uh, and, and this and that, and then, then they go, oh crap, you know, they didn't quite think that way, right? So most people, when they get in the industry, they don't quite have the idea of working as part of another company. They're thinking they'll just do their own little thing. Somehow business will come on its own and all that, right? So it's, team, anyway, team buildings, um, you know, you just get a, you know, it's expensive. Like training a guy could be thirty to $50,000 in terms of, because the thing is we pay our guys to train them. We take them off their job. We're like, hey, we'll, we'll take care of you. So it, it becomes very expensive. But um, uh, but yeah, team building, building the right team. We got so lucky. We got Crystal. Uh, Crystal, she takes care of the office. At the beginning, I was doing all the booking when we had two, three guys. Right? Then once in a while, I get a call. Where's your guy? Oh, gosh. oh shit i forgot to book that one. Oh. hey can you go whatever and then i'd be yep. i'm so sorry i gotta leave early and oh, then i just God. go and do this right and then i was just be just terrible it happened like three times in a row mm-hmm. i was like oh my god because like it's so tough to book for home inspection because people call first they want pricing or whatever it is then they want to have a couple times then they talk to some people then somebody else now takes that slot and you they call so you gotta it's it's a full-time job to book a crew, right? Uh, you're so, answering the phone knee-deep in water in a crawl space or in Realize really quickly, too, that if you don't pick up that phone, you call back five minutes later, they already have somebody else. It's gone. Yep. You know? So it has always been that rule, right? You get, you get a call, you get a, an email from Yelp, it's the first one who replies who gets the job. So you just gotta you just gotta get on it, right? So having Crystal that made the you know, and I, I had a lot of I wasn't too sure. People were saying just hire someone offshore, and I was like offshore, oh, different time zone, everything so tough. And uh, and also I want some you know someone local. So anyway, Crystal she had already uh, many years of experience in customer support working for UPS. And, um, and she was working now from home and um, she was just ideal. We just trained her slightly. And, and, now, and, and now every time I go to either a gala for real estate galas or anything like this, it's me and her that goes. Everybody's so happy to meet Crystal finally because uh, she's the first 
contact people call and um and now she's so knowledgeable and all that and her husband became one inspector as well so we got the whole family now so it's super grateful um, but yeah definitely i don't know how people do it with the call centers uh i could never do it if someone calls at midnight to book you can just leave a message you know most people <laughs> they just call during regular business hours we've never really lost business because someone but crystal will pick up the call at eight o'clock we have some other, uh, we have Vanessa on the weekend. She takes Saturday, Sunday. She take, picks up the calls for all everybody and book the whole team. And um, yeah, this, you know, like this has removed so much from my head. Like it was just like, and always this thing, am I forgetting something? Did I, am I forgetting, yeah. did, did, I, did I call this guy back? Or this constant fear, uh, no, this, this kind of released my head. And then I was able to get more creative and work on what, I'm good at as opposed to work, try to get good at sure. things that I hate. Hand that hat off to somebody else, right? David, yeah. you know, like when I first started, Crystal wasn't there. And I remember you answering the phones, Will answering the phones. And, you know, we would wake up in the morning and sometimes we wouldn't even know where we were going. And that was, that was tough yeah. on, 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 our, on, our, on our wives, right? Because they're like, well, what's your schedule look like today? I'm like, uh, I'm inspecting somewhere. I don't know where. Right. And uh, like Crystal, she came on board, but I wanted to talk. Let me chime in about the team building, Kevin, as like the head of, of uh, inspector training for the company. You know, we've had I train most of the new guys that come in and, you know, being someone who who's working for someone else. Like when I took the course, I'm like, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to be my own boss. And then I met David and, you know, super, super, super inspired. And, you know, I know that this company is going to go to the top if we're almost there or almost there we're working at and sometimes you have to think past yourself like this is bigger than all of us right and we're reaching for the moon and getting back to the training i tell these guys and i can see they're like well they're doing their hours they're close to becoming licensed you know they're they're kind of seeing what we're doing they like and i'm like you know what in the end whatever you decide make sure that you give it a hundred percent if you want to work for yourself hundred percent. If you want to work for our company, hundred percent, but you can't, you can't be on both sides of the fence here. Right. Because David, David and the company, they're investing lots of money, time training you. Right. Um, you know, and part of it is like, you know, I talked with Jeff at super inspector over there and he, you know, he met, she's like, well, you guys need to develop an organizational chart. And I, you know, we're in the process of doing that. I'm talking to these trainees, but I'm like, there's room. Like, I'm not just an inspector. I'm going in, I'm doing sales, I'm doing presentations, I'm doing education, right? I do like being in the field, but I also love doing all that other stuff. And, um, you know- So you can see, Michael, how, like, how hard it is for a company to find a guy like Mike, you know? Like how many guys are you gonna go through to find someone like Mike? You know, sometimes like it's, it's um, those are just things that, you know, just happen out of nowhere like this, that you got to be super happy with and grateful for. Because that's what being a team player is. And a lot of people don't quite get that concept, especially that Generation X that's half messed up out there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's really hard, right? So I don't even uh, know what generation I'm in. It's... <laughs> 
What are we, David? We're about the same. Oh, no, no, I, I guess I meant the generation Y or whatever. They're like the, the screwed up, the young ones. Is that X, Y? Is that before or after X? The I ones that they want to make sure you make no money on their case. You can't buy a new truck because they'll think you're making a killer on them. Oh, they're they'll try to sabotage you. There, you know, you got to put the time and it's, it's work. It's just how it is. You want to get ahead. You know, we're all, uh, we're all pretty busy. We're getting up early. We're going to the gym, looking after ourselves, looking after our families, but then, you know, the, the company, the company is super important in growing it and doing the right things. And, and like Mike said, it is, it's, 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 it's a big project. Like we're not, you know, we're not walking around thinking, yeah, this is, you know, we're, we, we don't want to be a big company. We want to be the biggest. Uh, you know, so we have big plans, like whoever is going to be involved with us will great, will greatly, you know, will we'll have, we'll be gaining tons from that. And, um, you know, great. I, eventually, I don't picture Mike being doing a whole lot of inspection, just taking care of doing the things he likes, you know, if he likes to do education and stuff like this, these are the opportunities that we'll have. Although and, commercial, uh, I still like, I still love doing the commercial. Commercial yeah, commercial. We gotta we gotta grow that this year. Um, you know. Well, let let's end with one piece of advice that each of you would give. Probably, Mike. Let's go with you. Start with you giving, say, lead inspectors or leaders within organizations a piece of advice you would give them, and then David will go to you. Advice for a multi inspector company, something you've learned along the way. I think it goes back to what what I said earlier um, about you know not being on not waffling with what, Bring you, what, it. Yeah. Your, what your plans are, right? If, you know, when you commit to something, um, just give it your all, stick with it, right? You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna see things, right? You're not gonna see the, the changes right off the bat, right? Like whatever you do today, maybe you'll see results three months or six months down the road. Um, and it's just staying, staying driven um, and grateful, right? Part of, like I told David when I first started, all I want, you know, no matter what, I mean, money's important, you know, having a roof over your head, providing for your family. But as long as I'm inspecting and able to work, that's all that matters. Well said. Beautiful. David, advice, learnings for, uh, for multi-owners at your level? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when you, when you, be, when you decide that you're going to take it to another level, uh, then you realize that, uh, you know, you get into those kill zones like all the time where like, you know, you'll get another guy or like right now when we got Crystal, then, you know, her expense, it was hard to cover it. We didn't have enough inspectors. So, you know, a one man show can make a pretty decent living. You'll probably make more money than if you got three guys, uh, you know, that you now you got to have staff and all that. And then you get another two, you got to get more staff. You're still making more as a one time show, one man show. Uh, so it, it does become discouraging at time to notice on how hard it is to make money when you're when you want to be bigger. But you got to get to that. You, you, it's just you just got to get to that point. You got to get to the six, seven inspectors with maybe two, three admin staff. You can't have three admin staff and three inspectors. It just it's just too, it just doesn't cover all the cash, right? So it's hard to get to that point where you're profitable uh, and very discouraging on the way up there. But it's like everything else, you know. It's just it's one step at a time, and um, and and everybody should understand that a one man show is worth absolutely nothing. When you're ready to retire, you're worth two hundred bucks. That's it. A multi inspection firm could be worth a lot of money. Uh, so do you? What, what's the plan? Do you want to work for? 
you know, all your life and have nothing at the end, or you want to be able to pass on a legacy or, you know, at least a, a nice business. So. Great place to leave it. Great advice. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad we made this thank happen. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having us. Um, Say hello to your brother. Will do. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Thanks, guys.